welcome. professional business development. Travel Market Life. Join us by webcast, video or podcast. Hello and welcome to Travel Market Life. I'm your host, Ryan Haynes. And today's extended interview, we're speaking to Clive Ratton, the Chief Executive of Business Travel Association. Now, he featured in our Travel Monthly Review Show for February, where we looked in a bit more detail at business travel. In this conversation today, we learn about some of the trends related to business travel, the challenges that the industry is facing, and what the Business Travel Association is doing to support its members and the wider industry. Travel Market Life. Travel Market Life is backed by Haynes Marcoms, a B2B marketing communications PR consultancy specialising in the technologies, travel, hospitality and property sectors. Marketing, PR and social. Build profile, gain momentum, shape strategy with Haynes Marcoms. Travel Market Life. Hi, Clive. Thanks ever so much for joining us today. So um, looking at uh, the business travel sector, there's been a huge amount of developments and change over the last couple of years. Uh, what are the key trends and market behaviours that you're actually seeing in the market between for 2023 to 2024? Yeah. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. I mean, it's been um, a really uh, good 2023 for the uh, for the industry. It came back very strongly. Uh, the trend has been people getting back to business travel, which is uh, yeah, hugely important for the industry and for the wider e- economy. Um, I think some things have changed and trends for 2024. Obviously, we're, we're chatting quite early in 2024. So, um, you know, there's still a bit of uh, question over what will happen. But I think what we have seen is business travellers um, really uh, getting back, doing longer trips uh, away um, rather than quick round trips. Two reasons for that are one clearly from a sustainability um, perspective um, and the other is really um, around cost and time and wellness uh, of the individual. So yeah, there's, there's definitely a trend to longer trips and I dare I say it uh, blended with some leisure time. I'm never going to use the word that has been counted for that because it, it just sticks in my gullet. But um, so yeah, that's really positive. We're back to pretty much close to where we were pre-pandemic in terms of revenues, you know, depending on who you read, anywhere between sort of 85 to 95% of where we were in 2019. But the interesting underlying fact under that right now is that that is really driven by yield or cost increase. Um, so mm. passenger numbers are slightly down, but yield and the cost of everything, as we all know in our daily lives, uh, has gone up. So there, uh, there is a higher cost of everything resulting in that revenue figure being closer than maybe the passenger figures were to the, um, the pre-pandemic levels. Uh, but so that's strong, certainly a trend towards premium travel, bizarrely enough, if you look at it that way. But again, that links to uh, the wellness and what we've learned out of COVID and business travellers and corporates who very much you know, important about the duty of care and well-being of their employees are, are really looking at that and a, and a shift to premium economy, which is a you know, relatively a product that's been around quite a long time, but really beginning to gather momentum in the, uh, the aviation space. So that's quite interesting. And whether that will continue, I think the, the future of 2024 really reflects that. The issues are that, you know, sadly, we have a lot of global instability and that always puts uh, a question mark on what could or, or might not happen. But I, I think we also have the, you know, the cost increase 
is a concern for business travel that that's going to impact at some point i mean particularly in hotels and i don't know if you, you try to get a hotel in london for example at the moment you, you just can't get anything under about 300 pounds a night you're even trying to book a, what was called a, a budget chain and it was over 300 pounds a night at a, at wow. a peak period and and that you know it spells um good for a short term but longer term in my opinion that spells that either you know there's going to be a bit of crash in pricing or uh, the market will slow down uh by passengers not um or sorry people staying in hotels so th there's some interesting trends out there um, from that perspective but all, overall uh, the trend is back and i just have to say sorry Ryan, I, <laughs> the next question is it's really important that we get the message out that traveling for work is not just about people traveling for meetings it's going to fix things it's going to play sport it's it's a it's lots of things so there's you know it's not you can't replace all of that because it's not a meeting as we're chatting over a, a video call today you know physically it has to happen so we we need to make sure that business travel is both um yeah, you know, sensibly priced, but also gets a return on the investment. It's fascinating. I mean, I've been speaking to a number of hoteliers, and you know, the the, the price rates, as you say, for hotels have been going up and up and up, and a lot of that's been down to inflation, you know, cost, um, staffing, a lot of issues in there. Whilst obviously trying to grab what they possibly can from the market, while the market's willing to pay for it. As we go into twenty twenty four, you know, it's interesting your observations there, and um, you know that those costs, and as you mentioned, it's the increase in costs that are affecting business businesses what are some of the other key challenges perhaps um business travel and corporates uh, need to be aware of um, within the travel industry that, that that you feel could really impact um sort of the way business travel can be uh, you know effective and 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 um that could, could be disrupted anymore yeah well i think the, the big one that we see is the issue we're all grappling with is distribution uh, now, you know, it is referred to you know, modern airline retailing and not another three letter acronym, but that applies right across, um, you know, the product set within business travel and indeed in leisure is you know, companies, airlines, hoteliers trying to win business direct, which has an impact on many of the things we're talking about, not least TMCs, but duty of care reporting, carbon reporting, uh, the whole trip management piece. Uh, and I think the uh, the move of the airlines and you know I will say NDC you know 15 years in and it still hasn't achieved something and this year we're seeing it in the conversations we're having with our travel management members but also with their customers that it is a huge sense of frustration something that is going to run and run through 2024 and a source of much frustration but also the source of much opportunity if the whole industry could actually finally sit down and say how does this work for everybody in the supply chain instead of trying to look after number one all the time and and you know it's quite sad in some ways that during the pandemic everybody worked together because we had a common interest survival now we've come out it, it, it's about scrabbling back to the top and i think hopefully we can learn from that and around distribution is, is a recognition that there is a supply chain it works and the most important person it works for is the end customer and we need to get our um, stuff together i was going to say another word then uh, get our stuff together to uh, to make it work yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of new developments, a lot of new technology, a lot of different direction in a way that the industry as a whole, the infrastructure has has adapted, evolved over the last few years, the direction of digitalization. Do you think there's been a lack of, of that real sort of community focus within the industry to actually tackle some of these bigger architectural, I guess, ways of 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 of, of um of of having you know looking after the industry in a way that's actually going to be um profitable and and, and allow us to scale for the future um i mean as you mentioned this, this idea of distribution you know are people having enough conversations on these very foundations of the industry 
Um, I think it, it happens quite widely in pockets uh, between various parts of the supply chain. Uh, and a lot of progress has been made right? and, and there's a lot of opportunity and digitalization is good and everybody sees that. I think where the issue is, is, is the real end-to-end. -end. It's, it's rare and it's something you know I take responsibility for at the BTA is trying to bring that whole chain together to have that discussion uh, right the way through rather than you know, the left hand not talking to the right hand um, kind of scenario that we've seen. So I think it's really critically important because I've always described it that the industry, and I'm talking about business travel here purely, of course, but the industry has been in civil war for 15 years, really. And, you know, the people that we're fighting over don't really care. They don't want the war. They just want us to, to set peace and make it work for them. And I think we need to uh, really push that forward. Uh, and we will continue to do that this year of saying, come on, we need to, to make this uh, work. I think it's a big ask, if I'm honest, but if we can get it in pockets, then hopefully naturally it spreads and the whole system becomes a lot easier uh, to move forward because we all need to be profitable clearly and we all need to um, be able to invest in, and improve in the future and that only comes uh, if the whole chain works together in a, in a really cohesive way uh, and we need to improve that. So I think it is happening but a, it, a whole lot more could happen. I mean, one of the great things from the pandemic is that you saw organizations like yourselves, the associations really come into their own and represent their members. You know, you're more than just a group of people, happy, clappy, having uh, conferences. You know, you, you actually represent um, your members and, and look at some of the issues. Um, and in particular, you've been challenging the industry around late payments. Can you tell me about this campaign and, and how you're looking at things being done differently? Yeah, I mean, I think this is really interesting coming out of, uh, again, the situation we found ourselves in where there was no business, um, that you know, really customers were very supportive through that to make sure their partners survive. But what we saw over the last 12 months uh, was corporates and who come out to bid for uh, a TMC to run their travel managed program or one that was existing and saying, uh, sorry, you can't actually bid or you can't carry on unless you extend our credit terms from 60 days to 90 days. And we even had some that were demanding 120 days credit. So it's kind of weird in this modern world where on the leisure side, everything's done by credit card. Over 60% of transactions in the travel management world are still on credit. So either you invoice and you wait for the payment to be made. And if you extend you know, from 30 to 60, 60 to 90 and even beyond, that is crippling for our industry, as everybody in it will know that you know, a huge amount of it is air travel. Uh, and on BSP, uh, you buy an air, you sell an air ticket and you have to pay regardless of what you do. It's taken out of your bank uh, seven days or 14 days, depending on what your terms are with BSP. If you then have to invoice and wait for 120 days, that's a massive hit on cash flow. In fact, an untenable hit on cash flow. So uh, through our government lobbying, we spoke to uh, Minister Hollandrake, who is the Minister for um, small business uh, and uh, he gave me an audience and we were chatting to him and he introduced us to um, Good Business Pays, uh, which is an organisation set up to challenge this. Um, and so we worked in uh, conjunction with them about how that could work and they do a naming and shaming of those that are really poor and they, uh, yeah, to your phrase, are happy clappy are those companies that pay very quickly. So we wrote a white paper to help our members when challenged by corporates to say, you know, do 60 days or 90 days or you don't get our business is say, well, you know, this is just not right. And, and the good news is that campaign. Now, the government have on the uh, statute book ready to go through uh, a maximum payment term that will become law, hopefully, at some point in the not too distant future. But when paying small companies, it doesn't apply 
uh, to huge companies, but yeah, many of our members will be treated as SMEs. And I think we just have to have respect in business, right? We, there's a lot of respect being lost in the world, in my humble opinion, but one of them is in business. And if you, you've got a service, then you should be ready to pay for it and pay for it as quickly as possible. And again, that of course helps your TMC in our instance, reinvest that money because they're not chasing the cash and provide a better service for you ultimately as you move forward. So, so it is a classic win-win for everybody. And we're really, you know, keep working with good business pays and it may be using the template that we put together with them beyond the travel industry into other areas as well. So we were very happy to, um, to help and really great to get government help and guidance to, um, to lead us to that. I mean, I certainly would welcome a maximum payment term because uh, there are times yeah. where, you know, yeah, if, if, even, you know, my customers can, can take months even to release the cash. And, uh, you know, as you say, that is just not fair on small businesses that, you know, their cash flow is pretty tight. Um, now, yeah. at the end of last year, uh, you got behind the Tourism Alliance. Uh, what does this mean for BTA and its members? Well, it was really good. I was chatting to uh, Richard at uh, Tourism Alliance about uh you know, business travel and, and, you know, he said, well, why don't you join? And of course, the Tourism Alliance is very much about bringing inbound tourism to the UK and all of the service sector around that. And, and it was like, well, where does business travel play in that? But of course we do. We have a, a massive part in that, in that, you know, we run conferences here in the UK, travel within the UK. And, you know, I personally believe that collaboration is a good thing. They didn't have any representation for business travel within that sector. So it seemed a natural fit. So it gives us a chance to hear from our peers in other sectors, you know, a wide and varied sector, which you can learn from everything from caravanning through to big venues uh, is, is really important to pick that stuff up from. And it gives us a unified voice in the government as well through their lobbying, which we were very happy to add our piece into. And, you know, we encourage and always have done as much collaboration across the industry as we possibly can but remembering there is always nuances it's a wonderful industry to be in because there's a zillion different parts with a di zillion different issues but so many of them are concentric circles uh, and it's those pieces that we need to um to pick on and that's why we think being part of the tourism alliance this year will really help us and we we hope to help them as well i mean it is fascinating it's like as you mentioned at the beginning how business travel the concept has massively diversified but also you know how we consider ourselves what business travel is whether it's you know daily traveling for work uh, or whether it's conferences and events or whether it's you know uh, longer stays at um, other offices or, or clients and meetings and all sorts and the the importance of having that face-to-face -face connection um there's, there's you know the digital nomads um right through from those who want to take those combined business and leisure trips um just another question here, Clive, that, you know, um, I'd be interested to, to get an idea as to where thinking is. Um, I've, I've heard in particular, in, especially in related to business and leisure trips, there could be an issue there, particularly with uh, the likes of tax offices, HMRC, etc., of how they sort of recognise um, that as an expense between um, business and leisure. Is that an issue you're currently seeing uh, for any of your members um, or businesses themselves of, you know, how, how they're sort of categorizing this and, and whether that's considered an additional benefit or a tax relief for the business or or, or their employee um it is actually yeah we we've had some conversation very much around the tax implications of people working anywhere overseas to to the individual and to the company's liability and that is something that it's kind of snuck under the radar because it was a lovely thing to do and if you're a big corporate you've got all the governance and you're across this but if you're a you know, relatively small business uh, or a 
or a small travel management company says, yeah, fine, go and work in Tenerife or whatever you want to do for um, three or four months, it doesn't matter. Uh, wouldn't be top of your radar to realise the tax implications around that. And, you know, it, it kind of snuck up on people um, that that was an issue. So we've done some seminars with some of our legal partners to help our partners in that, in that area. And I also think we're still kind of getting to grips with the implications of if you're um, you know, going on a trip and we're seeing much more of it, as I said, staying on for the weekend or even bringing your partner along uh, for the trip, maybe being paid personally, but staying in accommodation that have been paid for the company. All of those things uh, you know, do have a potential knock-on effect. Uh, and uh, it is really, as I say, the large corporates fairly comfortable with it. Uh, the others is a job of our members to educate the, um, their customers around it. And I'm not for a moment claiming that we're experts and that's where we uh, turn to other um, partners within the industry to help us. But all of these things are brand new, really, post-pandemic. Mm. And it's the job of the industry and associations such as ours um, to educate both members and um, their customers around it. So we will be working on that through the year as well, because you're right to bring it up. It is an issue. I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, I've been working, you know, as, a, as an independent consultant now for 15 years, and it's one of the things that I was sort of aware of and, and certainly much more aware of in recent years that, you know, if you've got a two-day conference, but it's a five-day trip you're taking, um, you know, that's only 40% of that trip you can really claim for business. The rest of it is under leisure. So it's great that you've got, you know, quite a number of events um, and forums that you run with the BTA. Now, um, a couple I just want to uh, focus on here is firstly, you, know, it's a you do a technology one. Can you tell me about the role of, of tech within business travel well it, it's huge i mean most of our members are technology companies these days that's what um is the backbone of of business travel and, and a real key part and that you know has seen a huge amount of investment in difficult times to make sure that it that it moves but technology touches every piece of the um the chain uh, that uh, business travelers do same same for leisure but there's a lot more of it in business travel because you've got pre-trip approvals right the way through to um, carbon reporting all done through uh, digitalization uh, then apps on the move for changing uh, bookings and and moving them so technology is is absolutely critical we spend a lot of time looking at technology and there is constant we do a um, innovation hub uh, usually twice a year sometimes more where we're bringing new products that are coming in technology products 99 percent of the time into the business uh, travel sector um, and i think that you know this is this is great there is a uh, piece of technology for everything in business travel but that also leads to a problem that you can see you know i see 15 different companies doing 15 different things with a, each with their own bit of kit that has to be fed into a central api or onto an online booking tool to be able to feed in it so it creates its own problem the sheer spread of technology and it's something we were talking about this week in the technology is you know how do we pull it all together and what technology is coming around to say actually here's a piece of technology that pulls all the technology in together to give you the tmc it all in one place and that's where we've got to there's almost a technology intermediary or an aggregator uh, situation developing uh, because there's just too much to go so yeah it's exciting but at the same time it creates a lot of lot of issues because everything that comes in people want even though sometimes you may only use it once or twice a year in some of the instances of the product that is out there um, so yeah it's complicated but it's exciting to see it move but never will we ever lose the human touch because it's a human business right and that's um, that's the biggest thing we always say technology will wipe it out still the first thing that happens is if you really want reassurance or you want to feel good about yourself as you talk to a fellow human and that will never go away absolutely um now you have your spring conference coming up on the 11th of march 2024 um what can we expect and what are the key talking points 
Yeah, sure. It's not far away now, which is why I'm losing even more hair than uh, than I have uh, already when you get close to these things. But yeah, really excited about this. It's um, the the theme of the pro, uh, of the conference is progress, and we've linked it to a manifesto that we created just before Christmas. We got in early to um, send to uh, the whole of Westminster, whichever political persuasion you've got. So uh, we're really focusing on. Uh, rail industry is a big part of business travel. Uh, I spend a lot of time in the rail sector and we have Lord Adonis uh, coming to speak who is ex-Minister um, of Transport, has some very outspoken views as I think you were seeing before Ryan on the railway and particularly around HS2 which we were um, you know, very disappointed on the way it's moved but equally pleased that some of the, um, the mayors are suggesting a private investment might get it to actually go somewhere where it needs to go. So we've got rail very much on the agenda. Uh, really excited, we, we, Generation BTA, I don't know if you, we have a shadow board, which is middle managers that shadow our exec board. Um, so we're doing a session with them on what the industry needs to do to change, to be more attractive to um, bringing new people into the sector, whether straight from school, from uni or um, or more mature that want a career change. Uh, we've got a bit of a marketing job to do in our industry post the pandemic because it, you know everything being closed and people going, well, that's a bit of a risky place to come or whatever. So we're having a really good session. They're great. Um, the, the enthusiasm and the passion they have for the industry uh, is really good. Really excited. Also, we've got um, Shai, the CEO of Virgin Atlantic, who's coming in to do our second keynote. Uh, and he'll be talking uh, around the progress Virgin have made post uh, the event and also around um, their SAF uh, progress with the uh, flight. I was very lucky to be on the, the first SAF flight uh, with him uh, and lots of other bits and pieces. We've got the classic AI. We're doing a legal perspective on AI, who owns the data, who gets in trouble if you do something wrong with AI, which is a bit scary on occasion. So uh, that should be fun. And we're doing a bit of government stuff uh, in what we need to do in a general election year. Um, we've got actually the Tourism Alliance and um, Airlines UK on the stage with me and our government advisors just chatting that through. So quite a wide and varied uh, agenda and some other some other stuff. So I'm looking forward to, to uh, that day. It's all fixed up now, kind of sorted and um, should be a good day. Excellent. Fantastic. That does sound like a packed program. Clive, thank you for taking us uh, through all those questions today. I really appreciate your insights and uh, hopefully that will be beneficial to our listeners. Much appreciated. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. So that was Clive Ratton, the Chief Executive of the Business Travel Association. For more of our podcast, please head to your chosen podcast channel, whether that's Spotify or Apple, or head over to LinkedIn, Travel Market Life, and follow our latest updates. I'm your host, Ryan Haynes. Thanks for listening. Ciao for now. For more, go to Travel Market Life. The music sensation by Zach Nelson is reproduced under license from Storyblocks. Travel Market Life is a Haynes Marcoms digital marketing agency production serving the travel and technology industries.